8.36 is the time in the studios here at Q95 FM Radio. Good evening, one and all. Oh, I missed you all so much. It's been a few Mondays since I was last here. And it's an absolute pleasure to be back here tonight for the In the Spotlight radio show. For those of you viewing live on social media, I happen to go live on Fedina Frampton and not the In The Spotlight radio show's page. But whichever way you have an opportunity to view us on social media via our face, via my Facebook page, my personal page that is. One of the uh, viewers, one of the biggest fans of the show, she's saying to me that she got used to seeing me um, doing the shortened version of the show. <laughs> Looking in the studio seems a bit strange to her. <laughs> yes, yeah, so for those of you um, just tuning in and wondering what are we talking about. So, first of all, I got the COVID <laughs> that I wasn't too fond of didn't go well with me at all but i'm here and i'm just happy to be here but it really really took a toll on me the covid it's of the devil um so some time ago a few months ago i started doing some pre-recorded programs we did emily and anselm and a couple other folks and those were actually aired on social media and during the times that I was sick and I was out for about three or four weeks, we actually just aired the audio version of those shows in the place of our regular Monday night in the Spotlight radio show. And um, I guess some people got a bit used to that. They got used to seeing them on social media and enjoying them and all of that good stuff. But remember the OG the OG is the In the Spotlight radio show. And so, you know, um, it was just a matter of time once I was better that I would be back in the studio for our regular In the Spotlight radio shows. And here we are tonight with quite the guests too as we make our comeback um, in studio for the program. So let me just do a few acknowledgements. We always acknowledge Q95 FM radio for allowing us um, the time here um, on the radio station to be able to do um, our program. So for that, we're pretty, pretty grateful. And um, we want to thank uh, Mr. Mr. Gregoire and Sherwin, who is always here, you know, providing some support to us. On social media, we have the In the Spotlight radio show page, well, radio and TV show page right now. We also have the group by the In the Spotlight radio show. We also have our YouTube channel for Dinah F. Frampton. Uh, if you want to support the show, you know what to do already. And again, our acknowledgments, Josephine Gabriel and Company Limited. They are the agents for Barefoot Wine and the Twapita Water. Kalaloo House Restaurant. So, Steve, hopefully, Doc, I don't know if Doc is a late eater, but maybe we can get some dinner for Doc, you know, right after the show that he can get to take home and enjoy from Kalaloo House and the great old house. Dominica News Online, Akim Lowe, Jordan Jerome, friends and supporters, fans, viewers, listeners. We thank you for joining us for the In the Spotlight radio show tonight. At uh, 8.40 is the time in the studios, and my guest thinks he's going to be here for one hour. 
But what he doesn't know is that that hour flies by so very quickly. Before you know it, it's an hour and a half, and then it's two hours, and then we wrap it up. So let's see how that goes tonight. So we're coming right back with the In The Spotlight radio show. One of my friends who normally supports the show, he asked me if we're running late at 8.33. No, we're not running late. So Q95 has pushed forward every program by half an hour. And so push back every program by half an hour. And so we started at eight in the past and now we're eight thirty. Still trying to see how I can get Mr. G to get me back to my eight o'clock time, which works perfectly for me. So we'll see how that goes. But welcome again, everyone. If you tuned in via Q95 or you tuned in via the Facebook Live, we are definitely happy to have you tonight on the in the spotlight radio show thank you to those who already tuned in and locked in with us we have our guest in studios and uh he goes simply by dr joffrey lafon and it is an absolute pleasure to have him on the in the spotlight radio show tonight doc good evening and welcome um, good evening, Fedina. Thanks for having me, and good evening to all of Dominica and whoever is listening all over uh, the world. It is a pleasure to have you. Know you can pull the mic a little closer to make you a little bit more comfortable, and you can tip it up a little. That's right, just to be more comfortable. Yes, yes, an absolute pleasure to have you. We've been talking about um, inviting you to the program, and finally you're here for a short period of time, and I was able to get you to join us on the program tonight. Are you here on a little vacation, Doc? I am, thanks very much. I am for a couple of days in, Domin in beautiful Dominica. In your home country. In my home country, as it is. Dominica. And then we will learn um, during the course of the program that while you're Dominican and while you're this major doctor, you do not live in Dominica at this time. At this point in time, no. I live in Barbados. You live in Barbados. Close, close by. Close enough. Just a plane ride away, you yeah. know. Uh, 45 minutes away. 45 minutes away, to be more precise. Once you can get a flight, that is. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Doc, let me give you the opportunity to say good evening to anyone, you know, in particular who is listening, that you want to big up, like we say. Gosh, boy, quite a few people, I must admit, uh, both home and abroad. Uh, my mother, who doesn't listen to the radio after 8 o'clock, and she's on listening. My Aunt Hannah, my, uh, who's, who's sleeping at this time. Uh, my son and daughter, Dominic and Joshua, they're both in Canada right now. Uh, I got them to listen to Q95, follow, oh follow on the Facebook, Facebook page. Uh, there's Alvin Thomas in Atlanta, who sent me the ad. Tamika in New York, uh, quite a few people, you know, uh, quite a few people in Dominica uh, who, are, who are listening to the program because they heard I'm on. Oh, that is so beautiful. And we really want to thank them, um, especially those who do not normally listen to the radio. Um, we're hoping that, you know, after tonight, we'll get a few of them to stick around and come back because we have some really good programs on the In The Spotlight um, radio show. So, folks, as we know, you know, this program is all about um, featuring and highlighting uh, the people of Dominica and even outside of Dominica who have contributed in some way 
or the other well like we say you know everyone has a story um no matter what focus or direction the person's story takes everyone has a story and you know we're always happy to provide this platform um to hear from from our people you know learn from them um get inspired by them get motivated by them and um, follow their example, especially if it's some good example. So we're pretty happy um, to, to hear. I don't really know your story, Doc. Um, so I'm going to be just like almost the listeners and viewers tonight getting to know um, about you. The most I know, the late Tom Lafoy is your father. I know you're a doctor and I know you don't live in Dominica. So. You, you, you know most of the story. <laughs> So at least that much I know. So you know I am I am grateful to at least know that bit. But let us start the ball rolling, and let us learn a little bit more about you, a little more intimately, not too intimately, but intimate enough that we can get to know you. So let us begin by understanding um, where are you from, what part of Dominica are you from, and where you grew up. Good question. Um, <laughs> I say I'm from Newtown. Newtown? So, yeah, I'm from Newtown. Born in at Princess Margaret Hospital then. Uh, lived on 45 Bath Road. That's the intersection between High Street and heading down to Newtown. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I was raised in that area in the High Street uh, around the Newtown Savannah area. And that's where my mother and her, her relatives and siblings were, were, were from. So I spent my first 13, 14 years of my life in the, in the Newtown area, around the Newtown Savannah, uh, and that's part of, well, part of my development, I must, I must admit. So Newtown is my, my home, you know, Harlem I come from. Harlem you come from. Yeah. I would have never guessed. I don't know why I thought Goodwill. Um, right, so um, I do a... Have a home in Goodwill <laughs> right now, and my dad lives quite a bit of his time in Goodwill. Okay. So I, I've been associated with Goodwill. I've been associated with Point Michel, and, oh. and Point Michel is there to me as well because I did see somebody from Point Michel absolutely. or an organization from Point Michel share the post. Absolutely, I was wondering. So, so uh, towards the, my latter half of high school, from about third form, I lived with my aunt Hannah. Um, in Point Michel. So before going off to study, I lived in Point Michel for at least four or five years. Okay. So Point Michel is home to me as well. Okay. Definitely. And okay. very dear to me. Interesting. I must, I must admit. Interesting. And you speak about growing up with your mom um, in Newtown. Um, I always like knowing a little something about the parents because some way the hearing about the parents helps you paint a picture of what the child um, turned out to be. So tell me about your mom. What yeah. was her name? Okay, my mother is, so what is she, her name? She's more popularly known <laughs> as Sister Lewis. Everybody, okay, but um, she's a, a Clarendon from the Clarendon family in Newtown. Yeah. Um, it's she and seven siblings. And I, I grew up with, with all of them, I must admit. And they were, other than my mother, you know, all my aunts were like mothers to me. I, um, yeah, and my, my three uncles, like fathers to me. And I looked, looked up to them, quite frankly. So yeah, my mother is a mainstay in my life. Uh, I, uh, she's listening right now, so hi, mother. Uh, definitely uh, saw about my upbringing, saw about 
everything I did, whether academically, whether extracurricular, she was always involved. She loves her sports as well. So she was very uh, integral you know, in any sporting activity I, I took part in. And because my family, and I, when, I say, when I talk about my family, my mom's family was very much academically inclined. You know, I was sort of put in line with regards to academics as well. So yeah, in a nutshell, you know, that's it with my, my immediate um, family on my mom's side. Mm -hmm. Tell me some of the, the things that your mother taught you as a boy growing up. What are the, some of those things she would say to you? Um, Joffrey, you need to do this. You need to do that. You need to... Eat some of the teachings. Eat your vegetables. Eat your vegetables. Did I, you? I, I hated carrots. <laughs> it swallowed them whole, so I wouldn't have to taste them. Um, being on time, do, have you done your homework was a, 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 a constant theme mm -hmm. because I loved going out to play. Right? Mm -hmm. I come from school, eat, I wanted to go out and play. You finish your homework yet? Was always a question. Very much so for primary school. But then secondary school, I think I was more disciplined then. So more committed. She, yeah, more committed discipline. Uh, so she didn't have much of anything to say with regards to if I did what I had to do in terms of academics, so mm -hmm. to speak. Uh, she was always concerned about um, because we were not rich, that you very well have to do well, you know, to go on. So she was concerned about I playing too much left to me I'd, uh, I'd, uh, I'd try to be a cricketer than do <laughs> academics left to her i'll do academics than to play cricket so there was always a battle with her with regards to is he, is there a balance between his sports and his academics mm -hmm. okay or is, is he playing too much than taking care of his academics mm -hmm. but i guess it worked out in the mm -hmm. end from what i'm hearing from you she was very um passionate about you getting a proper education not just getting a proper education, because of the schools I went to, I went to convent prep, mm -hmm. I went to St. Mary, Mary's Academy, you get a good education, but doing well. Doing well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was, that was, that was a concern for her. Absolutely. Yes. yes. Um, we'll talk more about growing up, but um, when you move from mom, then the automatic uh, next move is to dad. Um, okay. Oh yeah. Right. So my <laughs> my dad and I were we had an interesting relationship. We got closer the older I got. I I'll tell you, okay. always close, but mm -hmm. we got closer to the point where people thought we were brothers, not not father and mm -hmm. son, because he was only twenty years older than me at the time. But yeah, he was not strict with regards to academics. Um, he was more freewheeling than my mother was. Uh, very much into sports. So my father was a sportsman, mm -hmm. a uh, uh, He writes sports. He was an administrator. He played. So he very well nurtured me with regards to sports as well. Um, not like my mother's who would buy everything I needed for mm -hmm. sports, but definitely would support me in everything I did. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. For those persons who probably didn't know your dad, Tom Laffer, just give us a little summary about the person he was. Tom, he was everything. Um, very fun-loving, easygoing personality. Um, 
very much a gentleman, very much uh, a fun-loving person, very much a warm person. Very social. Very social um, is an understatement. Um, he loved his sports. Loved, he, he could be very serious at times. Uh, spent most of his life in shipping. Mm -hmm. So at the, before his passing, he was the manager of tropical shipping. Mm -hmm. So, and I, I always knew, knew him in shipping where he, when he worked at AC Shillingford, he was in the shipping department. Then he was at Stevie Dawes Limited. He was in the shipping department. So he did, he did much of that. He was a, after he stopped playing, he was very much into management. So he managed many cricket teams in the region, the Dominica cricket team. He managed the Windward Islands cricket team in the then Shell Shield and Red Stripe in the regional competitions. He would have been in the, the cricket association, whether president, vice president. So he had, he had many roles with regards to cricket in Dominica. In his earlier days, he played he played football as well, but he wasn't really known for his, his footballing <laughs> skills, but more for his, his his background in cricket. Yes, yes. In terms of your your both parents, Doc. Um, what do you think you, which attributes from your mom do you think you, embo you embody and which ones from your dad? Um, maybe the socializing skills, my, my dad. Um, he was um, a charming person. Uh, he, could, he could fill a room just by being of there. Course. I'm not half, half as good as him. <laughs> um, from my mother, uh, she's very organized, um, straightforward, you know, playing uh, very much uh, a timely person, uh, likes to see things done to completion and, and orderly. So in, 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 I guess I would have had taken a, a bit of both, you know, from, from either side. Okay. So let us go back to, um, thank you for sharing, especially um, your mom and, and your dad as well. I knew your dad and exactly what you said was what I knew of the gentleman. He was always so warm, always so complimentary, always so um, so kind. You know, I do remember Mr. Lafo very well. May he so continue to rest um, in peace. But in terms of growing up, in the mecca of football um, in Newtown, you speak about Harlem and so on. So as a young boy growing up, um, what was that experience like for you? And you also speak about not much of the f academics, uh, not much focusing much on the academics at one time. Your preference would have been cricket. Tell us about that as well. Well, um, I played both football and cricket. Uh -huh. In Newtown, you couldn't get away from playing football. Right. And I did play a lot of football. Uh, I did play for the Harlem Second Division once, mm -hmm. a, once upon a time in, okay. my li in, in my lifetime. And prior to, to, to leaving Dominica, prior to a team called JD Rocks, there was a team called Ken Rock Rovers oh. in, a, uh, in a Harlem Youth Football League, of which I helped organize and run with a few of my friends like Colvin Baptiste and Burl that uh, I, I captained that team and we won the first two competitions. So I did play a lot of football in Newtown and you couldn't get away from it. If you wanted Newtown Savannah, you had to play football. Mm -hmm. It was also interspersed with windball cricket. So I played quite a bit of windball cricket on the Newtown Savannah. Uh, transitioning from primary school to secondary school, then you get into the hardball cricket. My dad was into hardball cricket as well, so that was easy. 
um, doing that, watching, going to the gardens, going to the Windsor Park as a little boy, scoring. Even before I started playing hardball cricket, I used to be a scorer. So I used to score in, in the, the local division uh, competition at the, in the gardens and in the Windsor Park. You know, I, so then going to SME, then I got into hardball. I got into hardball cricket more seriously. Mm-hmm. So the football kind of took a little backseat at some point? Um, not really, because you, you did both. Uh, no one played football or cricket. Most people played both. You know, there's football season, there's cricket season, and you, you, you just did both. Even at university, I played, I played, I played both, you know. Um, played more cricket uh, in Jamaica when I was at university in Jamaica. Then I played more football when I first went to Barbados until I stopped football and, and play, and, and, and now I still play cricket. But definitely growing up in Newtown, you, you, didn't, have, you didn't have a choice. There's cricket season, you played you play cricket. Mm-hmm. Football season, which was sort of most of the year, you played football, and I loved it. The sea is just nearby. Was that a regular place of visit for you? It was, especially in the summer. Um, no school, so all the boys used to go and fish and just jump in the sea uh, behind Suki's bakery. Uh, my granddad had a bakery as well. So, yeah, you spent hours there, play football, go in the sea. After the sea, go back and play football. It was, it was a, a, a pleasure. It was a pleasure. Who are some of the friends you remember growing up with in, in that community that you are still friends with even today? I don't see them a lot, but okay. I, of I, course I, not. You're not here. That that that, that is right. Um, Calvin Baptiste, okay. um, though we never played on the full, same team, but because we were from Newtown and we went to the SMA and we were in, we were in class from first to fifth form, you know, st- still good friends. Message every now and then. Um, people like Gary Bertrand, not here. Ashton. Um, Emmanuel Salka, who played for Dominica, you know these guys played football with, with, with them. Quite a few of them migrated, you know, overseas. Some you still see on the road now and then in different states, but yeah. Okay, all right. Eight fifty-eight is the time in the studios here at Q ninety-five. We're live with Doctor Geoffrey uh, Lafo, and um, we're just chatting a bit here. So let us talk about um, let's talk about school days. How far in the early days can you remember? For example, can you remember going to preschool? I didn't go to preschool because you did not. I, I, was, I was lucky to have a, a stay-at-home grandmother who took care of me for the first few years. And I, but I do remember my first day at, at school. At primary school. At primary school. Uh-huh. Yeah. You I, remember that? Yeah. I. I I did a number one on myself, and they had to take me back, straight back home. <laughs> what happened? Were you I, nervous? I was, I was extremely nervous. I used to be oh nervous for every first day of every new class I went to in, in primary school. Who so the first, so, so the first two days of going to school in convent prep, kindergarten one. I wet myself and they had to take me back home. Oh my goodness. Did your did your classmates laugh at you? I can't remember my classmates at all, but my family <laughs> made me remember it. <laughs> I guess they never make you forget <laughs> never either. Did, never did. 
so that, that is interesting that you actually remember the first day of primary school and what happened with you on that on that day but generally how much do you remember about your days back then in school let's um, talk about primary my i went to convent prep mm -hmm. and believe it so that happened at convent prep it did it did oh my. many moons ago <laughs> and i had a wonderful uh i can't remember how many years at convent prep six seven years at convent prep um, from kindergarten one up to, to grade six, had wonderful teachers, wonderful classmates, you know, about 30 of us, and we were, we were always steadfast friends. We had little altercations now and then. Of course. But yeah, um, a wonderful class. Some people you may still know. Um, I remember people like Carlin Roberts, Carlin Detouche, Carla Harris, uh, Carl Nassif of Carl Nassif fame here. Mm -hmm. he, he was a classmate. One of my best friends, and we are still best friends from King, from kindergarten to Herbert Singer. Right? He lives in New York now. He's a social anthropologist. Um, we are still friends from school. Hubert Robin, Robin, uh, Steve Johnson, who's been tourism here and yes. in, in Antigua. Mm -hmm. He's in New York right now. Yeah, quite a number of us. Um, some of us we still keep in touch. You know, and great friends. But my convent prep days were wonderful. Uh, was it common entrance at that time? Yes, mm -hmm. I did common entrance. Um, I could still remember what I came out to the island. You do? <laughs> Absolutely. It was always a joke with a friend of mine and with my mother as well. How so? <laughs> um, so, right, so I came second in the island. You did? Yeah. And... The person who came out first, was, he subsequently became a very good friend of mine, Clifford Murphy. And he beat me by one mark. Yeah? And I always remember a question in social studies for which I had the correct answer. Then I went back and took it out and put the incorrect answer. So it's always a, it's always a joke at home. Aww, but that's all right. That you could have been number one. Could have been. If, who know. knows? If, do you remember the question, though? Oh, oh, what it had to do with at oh. least. <laughs> I see I you have a very good memory. I can't remember the question now, but maybe sometime tomorrow I'll remember. <laughs> After you yeah. no longer yes, here, right? Yes, yes, That is interesting. And it's good that you and the person are still pretty good friends. Um, yeah. Even, even today. Did you at that time, Doc, at primary school, when you... Um, were doing your schoolwork and getting ready for the common entrance exams. Did you already know what the the thought was in terms of a career? Absolutely not. No. Not even. No. Absolutely not. Absolutely yeah. nothing. Nothing. Not 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 the normal. I want to be a policeman. I want to be a doctor. I want to be a lawyer. No. No. So the the doctor was nowhere there as yet. Not even in fifth form. Not even in sixth form. Ah. Ah, interesting. So you, 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 you did the primary school thing, came second in the island, could have been first, and then you went on to St. Mary's Academy. Yes. Was that your choice? Was that your parents' choice? I shouldn't say that publicly, you know, but... You should. <laughs> I, sh I shouldn't say it publicly, but I'll, I'll give you that story. Tell me. <laughs> I was very... Well, I am very close to well, my Uncle Quentin. My Uncle Quentin went to the Dominica Grammar School. Uh-huh. And I followed him everywhere he went, saw their, their, their sporting activities, and the Dominica Grammar School was top in sports in those days. Uh, hands down, they had a wonderful sports master, Mr. Ozzy Savre. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to go to grammar school mm -hmm. because of their sporting activities. Mm -hmm. 
So after I passed the common entrance, I told my mother, geez, I want to go to grammar school. She said, boy, your father registered in SMA already, you know. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it was funny. It was funny. Because my father went to St. Mary's Academy, yeah. I guess it was a nat- natural... Start off, yeah. yeah. It was, it was. So he went. So he didn't take you along? In those days, you didn't have to take the child along? You don't remember? I can't remember that. I know I was registered at St. Mary's Academy already. And you had to go to St. Mary's and Academy. And I went to St. And I don't regret a day of it. You don't regret a day Absolutely of it. But were you not. disappointed, though, initially when no. you were told? No. Didn't matter. Did, most of my other friends from convent, especially my closest friend, Herbert, went to... Um, St. Mary's Academy, okay. so I was good, good, with, good with it. So it worked out well. Absolutely. And you just indicated that you don't regret a moment of it. So tell us why. St. Mary's was um, different. First, coming from a school where I had boys and girls, so I went to school seven, eight years with boys and girls. To go to St. Mary's, only boys, absolutely different. Um, then first and second form were a little I don't say difficult but challenging for certain reasons mm-hmm. then things change in third form uh, definitely uh, where you you get inspired by teachers uh, I have to call one name right now Mr. Miss Irvin Andre Miss Irvin Andre he's been on here yeah Miss Irvin Andre is a fantastic guy he's, he taught me in third form he's, he was very inspirational the late uh, Mr. Elwin, Cuthbert Elwin, former principal of St. Mary's Academy. Um, sad not for him not to be here with us right now. And a math teacher, Mr. Henderson, Edward Henderson. Uh, they were inspirational, I, w- I will tell you. And they made a change in how I believed in myself from a third form. So I was doing okay mm-hmm. for second form. Mm-hmm. I know some of these teachers, I say three, and the others mm-hmm. definitely inspired mm-hmm. me. In what way, Doc? Tell us. Made me believe in myself. I remember writing an essay for Mr. Irvin Andre on, on bananas, about the banana industry. And he gave me, he gave me something like 90 or 95. And I, ne- I used to hate writing essays. And believe me, and he, he, he told me it was so good, you know, that he had to give me a good mark. And I, I just felt great about it, and I started believing in myself. Um, I, talk, I spoke about the guy who came out first, Clifford Murphy. His brothers, bright guys, geniuses, did mathematics in four-form past O-level mathematics. People normally struggle to do that in fifth form. They did it in one year. So we went to Mr. Edward Henderson, math teacher, and he asked, we asked him, do you think we could do math in four form and pass it? He said, of course y'all can. And I think these words were the most inspirational words you know, ever. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. And it made a difference to me, just, just had to work mm-hmm. uh, towards it. And I started doing better in school. You know, if I was doing good already, I started doing better. Mm-hmm. Believing in myself because other people believed in mm-hmm. me. Did you sit the math exam in four form? Absolutely. And did you pass? Yes, we did. You, all of you. It was just two of us. Oh, you um, just two. Yeah. So, and luckily, in four form, we had a fantastic teacher, Doctor Brendan Healy. Well, yeah, not Doctor Brendan, brother, brother Healy. And we told him of our 
aspirations of doing maths in fourth form. He said, well, fine, you can, you all can do it. Are you all going to do extra classes? They were adult education classes at, a, at SME at the time. We squeezed it into the class because the classes, the classes used to be overflowing with, with older people doing uh, those subjects then. Clifford's dad used to teach maths as well, Mr. Mr. Murphy. And he assisted us as well. We did what we have to do. And yeah, and so be it. We did three subjects in, in four form. Uh, and we, we, we passed all three. So I'm thinking here, Dr. Lafon came second in the island. And you would expect a natural progression into secondary school where you would not struggle, that you would just, you know, but it happened that way. Uh, do you know why, though? Um, I don't say I was struggling. As I said, I wasn't performing at, at, at expected levels. Okay. okay. And to, to the point where I can give you a little story sure. where the, the, the principal wasn't happy. So I remember coming out second, second in second form. And you were clapping for the guys for second, third. And Brother Jermaine says on the platform, don't clap for Doc. Don't, don't clap for Geoffrey Laffer. He can do much better than that. Are you kidding? Yes. And you were second? That happened, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I guess he knew your potential. He did. What you could, what you could he did, do. He did, definitely. He oh. did. So outside of the academics, tell us about the extracurricular activities that you engaged in. So, um, yeah, at SMA, I played football and cricket as well. I represented a school in, in cricket, not football. I played football for Harlem, not for SMA. Um, yeah, so I, fortunately, I was called up for trials in on the Dominica under-19 team. So I made the under-19 team cricket at SMA. So I was called up about four times, twice at SMA. I played when I was in fourth form. I didn't play in fifth form because it coincided with exams. So I, the training coincided with exams, O-level exams, so I didn't play. When I went to sixth form, I played after my second year for the Dominica under-19 youth team then as well. Okay. I have a message there stating that I should tell Joffrey his first love is listening. Great job. Proud of him. So I don't know if your first love is your mom, is your friend, uh, somebody. Tell Joffrey his first love is listening. Could be your first child. I don't know. Somebody just wanted to, you to know that they're listening, and it must be a good friend or family M member. Must be a good friend or family is, member who is um, who is listening right now. So when when the the the, 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 the five years ended at the Saint Mary's Academy, at what level was Geoffrey in terms of his exams and the next level? Um, well, boy, I got a few prizes at oh. at graduation. I was student of the year. Um, I got the, the prize for science, I think, or something like that. It was called. So yeah, I got a I, I got a few awards um, on being the student of the year at St Mary's Academy. Then yeah, basically it had a wonderful time at St Mary's. Teachers were wonderful. I was treated like a king at St Mary's. I must tell you, um, the the Christian brothers always looked out for me if I was there late at night. They will call me over for 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 dinner. 
um, with them. Uh, Wasa St. Mary's Academy as well. I represented Dominica in a CARICOM school quiz. And as well as the local school quiz, inter-school quiz put on by Father Jolly. Um, so as well known in Dominica because of Father Jolly's Know Your World School Quiz. Okay. Um, so I made a name for myself in the school um, in that. But wonderful time at St. Mary's Academy. A Catholic school, did that mean that you were also Catholic? Yes, I was born, I was born a Catholic. Okay. Any thoughts around that time to get into the brotherhood or the priesthood? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a few people come through here and say, you know, yes, I had the thoughts and yes, you know, I was going to, I changed my mind and so on. Because you seem pretty close with the brothers um, at the school. Yes. Um, Somebody might have tried to influence you, I would think. None did. There, 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 there was a joke they made every, every time I went for dinner, but I can't say it on air though. <laughs> <laughs> a clean joke. A clean joke. But, but I can't say but it on air. But you cannot say it on Absolutely air. A clean not. joke that can't be said on air. Hmm. Okay. We'll, we'll take it at that, Doc. Maybe somewhere along the way you might say, you know what, I'm really going to give you all that clean yeah. joke that I couldn't uh. say on here. <laughs> Maybe. All right. It is 9.13, the time in the studios. Our guest tonight is a gynecologist, obstetrician, is that correct? It is. Yes, Dr. Geoffrey Lafon, whom I'm pretty pleased that he accepted our invite to be here um, in the studios. You know, I'd been messaging him, please let me know when you're going to be in Dominica. We got our dates mixed up, but here we are tonight, all the same. So I just want to thank him and I hope that you're pre you are appreciating um, our program here tonight. So Dr. Lafon, once you had completed St. Mary's Academy, you got a few awards, you did well. Um, your parents, I'm sure, were pretty proud of you and what you were able to achieve. At that stage, what would be the next move for you? Well, the, the next obvious move in Dominica would go to, to the, the Clifton Dupinney Community College at the time. CDCC, that's yeah. what it was called, yeah. yes? Yeah, at the time it was. So I, I, I did my two years there um, at CDCC at Clifton Dupinney Community College at the time, yeah. Um, so what did you do there? What did you decide on studying or pursuing? All right, so... There are not many options yeah, at, I, I start, at that time. I, I started with mathematics, chemistry, physics, and biology. Uh-huh. Yeah. Four. Yeah, I did two days of biology and dropped out. And I did further maths on my own. So it wasn't taught, it wasn't a taught subject. I prepared for that on my own. Explain that again. So you dropped biology after two days. Yeah. You were not interested. No. But you're a doctor today. Right. So that's an. I guess we'll get to there subsequently. I hope <laughs> we, I, I, I'm, I'm waiting to hear because I don't understand our doctor drops of biology when there's some kind of link there. And then in terms of the maths, what explain that about the maths? Um. People are disturbing you <laughs> a little, but that's good. That's all part okay, of it. Okay, so mathematics is taught. Yes. But there's also an A-level subject called further maths. Uh -huh. There, there are well at the time there. I think there was further physics and further chemistry, if okay. I was not mistaken. Okay. So if you figure you're that good, if you figure you're that good, mm -hmm. right? So I then mathematics in fourth form. Right. So when we reached the fifth form, we did 
additional maths. Mm -hmm. Additional maths is normally done in the first year of sixth form. Okay. So my friend Clifford Murphy and myself, we did two a, of you again. Yeah, we did a, additional maths. So when we went to sixth form, whereas people did their A level maths in second year, we did our A level maths in first year. Mm -hmm. So I was always ahead in mathematics. Yeah. 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 So you had to do that, and then didn't have to. It was all all my choice to do the further to do further, further math. maths, and then you did the two others with that. So I did chemistry, physics, maths, and further maths. Yes. Chemistry, physics, maths, further maths. Yes. But we dropped biology. I can't wait to hear. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So those two years, I guess, just went by and nothing much changed except that you did your subjects and, you know, that was it. Yeah. you. Well, I played cricket still. Again. Because <laughs> there was cricket at the college and we played in the local competition, local school competition. I think I played for a team called Starlights in the in the in the in the cricket association competition that year, I definitely. And the following year after that I played for Heineken Saints or Saints then with people like Billy Doctrove and Chaucer Doctrove and the likes. Yeah. So yeah, I did my two years at six from college, then I won the Island Scholarship at the end of the two years. At the end of the two years you were the Island Scholar. Yeah. And I was just about to ask ask you in terms of um playing cricket and playing in leagues and all of that, if that in any way impacted you. I know there, there has to be a balance um, between the academics and, you know, studying and doing all of that and you know, getting engaged in some kind of social activity. Um, but n in no way did that affect your... No, um, mm. because I tended to do most of my studying at night and uh, we play during the day. And... Have we call a work-life balance, mm -hmm. um, but a work um, sports, a, a, a school sport balance, and later on I recognize it. It it it, it instills some discipline, okay. playing a sport okay. and and taking care of academics. So it's something you would you would sort of encourage. Absolutely, and and I did with my kids as well. You did Def too. De kids. Definitely, and they recognize you know the discipline with with with. For, with training, mm -hmm. you know, you could always it it, it 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 adds to the discipline in academia or or, or your your schoolwork as well. And as you brought up your kids, um, Doc, tell us a little bit about about your children. Um, yeah. You know, in terms of um, what they're up to. Um, yeah, three of them. Mm -hmm. uh, first one, Joshua. Joshua is in Canada right now. Mm -hmm. He's very big into leadership. Um, he just finished a degree in ge um, human geography and economics. Okay. Uh, very well looking to further his interest into law. Mm -hmm. um, previously it was into urban planning. <laughs> my daughter Dominic is in, she's doing biomedical engineering, oh so my. she's in her third year. They're both into sports as well, so more Joshua and Dominic right now. So Joshua is very big into hockey. Hockey? Well, field, field hockey, mm -hmm. not, not ice hockey, very <laughs> much into field hockey. Plays quite a bit in Halifax, Canada. Um, Dominic was very big into athletics. Uh, running for school hurdles and sprinting for school when she was in Barbados. There's less of that now, but very much 
very much into it. Not football or cricket, but not football other or cricket. Sports. Oh my god, yeah, not football or cricket. <laughs> you might watch a T twenty, but no, not football or cricket. And my last one, Esmia, she's only eight. Um, at convent prep here. Um, well, she she looks athletic. She mm-hmm. she'll get into something soon. Okay, married. No, I, I was once upon a time, but very much not. Okay. Right all right, cool stuff. So three children, and all seems to be already doing well. Um, the eight-year-old is, I'm sure, on her way as well. She will very much so. To being great and doing great as Ho- well. Hopefully. Um, so that's it for you, Doc, anymore? No, no, at my age, no. <laughs> you don't think so, right? No, I don't you think don't think so. so. Okay, we're going to take a quick break at 9.20. The time in the studios allow Doc to have some water. And we're coming right back to continue our conversation with Dr. Geoffrey Lafour. Keep it locked. This is the In the Spotlight radio show. In the Spotlight on Q95 FM Radio every Monday night from 8 p.m. In the Spotlight, featuring people from all walks of Dominican life, spotlighting their triumphs and tragedies, dreams, hopes, aspirations, untold stories, touching the human and personal side of our people in politics, religion, sports, business, music, culture, the media, and more. Getting to know our farmers, our public servants, youth, and the ordinary Dominican. Listen to their stories. No limitations, no restrictions, no holds barred. In the Spotlight will also spotlight interesting topics, issues, and relevant situations. Don't miss In the Spotlight on Q95 FM Radio every Monday night from 8 p.m. In the Spotlight. One-on-one with interesting personalities, educational and informative topics and issues, intriguing and entertaining, a must-listen to in the Spotlight, Monday nights from 8 p.m. on Q95. In the Spotlight on Q95 FM Radio, every Monday night from 8 p.m., in the spotlight featuring people from all walks of dominican life spotlighting their triumphs and tragedies dreams hopes and aspirations untold stories touching the human and personal side of our people in politics religion sports business music culture the media and more getting to know our farmers public servants youth the ordinary dominican listen to their stories no limitations no restrictions no holds barred in the spotlight we'll also spotlight interesting topics issues and relevant situations don't miss in the spotlight on q95 fm radio every monday night from 8 p.m welcome back doc someone is going down memory lane with you a bit right and the person is reminding me that you made the under 19 cricket team as the wicket keeper one the person is also reminding me or informing me that you were very nervous batting in your first match for dominica versus saint lucia is that true (laughs) 
I wonder if that's Jabone. <laughs> Del, is that Delvin Esfri? I'm suspecting it's him too. <laughs> Delvin Esfri, my very good friend. Yes, yes, yes. yes, yes. We had a, we had a, yeah, we, we taught St. Lucia together in my first, in my first tournament for playing under-19 cricket for Dominica. I wasn't a wicketkeeper then. I used to wicketkeeper. I was a backup wicketkeeper then. Okay, um, the deputy. Yeah, deputy. <laughs> Anthony, Anthony Joseph. Anthony Scotland, sorry. Oh, my God. My very good friend. He was a fantastic cricketer, fantastic wicketkeeper. Made the Windward Islands youth team. Should have made West Indies youth as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and if he had taken it seriously, like Delvin, like Delvin and Anthony, man, they could have made West in his team. Easy. Mm-hmm. Top cricketers. Mm-hmm. I think that's Delvin Esprit. You think so? Absolutely. I'm, I, I'm thinking so too, Doc. <laughs> but but just listening to you, though, I can tell that you really did enjoy um, playing cricket in particular. I still play cricket, you know. You still play? Absolutely. I have a finals to play this Sunday when I get back to what Barbados. What finals is Absolutely. that? Doc? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, will, I will send the results back to, to Q95. Yeah, um, but yeah, I did enjoy playing with these guys. I did enjoy playing my cricket, and I still and I still enjoy playing my cricket. You still enjoy playing your cricket. So let us move on a bit. Um, so uh, you 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 wrap up Clifton Dupini Community College as the Island Scholar. Um, I would hope a couple of scholarships came your way, and you went off to study. Um. So, well, the main scholarship was the Dominica Island Scholarship, where I could go anywhere in the world to study anything I wanted to. Mm-hmm. That existed did, back then? It did, it did. They gave me one scholarship, yeah. I was not bonded. It was fantastic. You were not bonded? No. Um, so I did, I had applied to the University of the West Indies. I, I did get accepted into the engineering at the time. No way. Because I was doing mathematics, physics, chemistry. So most of the guys... Yeah, because you had dropped biology, remember? Yeah, (laughs) So medicine was not on my radar. But then quite a few guys were coming back around my time with engineering degrees, don't know where to go into work, you know, struggling for jobs. And I said, boy, to go and do engineering, to come back and be struggling for a job, maybe I should go and do something where I could come back and work for myself, mm-hmm. if I if needs mm-hmm. be, if I can't mm-hmm. get a job. So you caught up on that pretty early. Then I said, um, I sort of, one of my aunts, I think my late Aunt Kay, got a book for me on careers, and I wonder what I could do with mathematics, because I love mathematics. I said, gosh, go do mathematics, I'll come back and teach. There was... Uh, actual science uh, featured, but I didn't know what it was. Don't know who to speak to with regards to actual science. So I said, nah, I'm not gonna do it. I'll do medicine, I'll, I'll come back here. So I took a gap here. Okay. And I took a gap here, then applied to do medicine. What did you do within that gap here? I taught at the convent high school. <laughs> Yeah, interesting year. I taught at the convent high school, and I also taught adult education classes mm. at the Clifton Dupini Community College. I okay. taught mathematics mm-hmm. at the community college, and I taught chemistry in chemistry in fourth and fifth form at the convent. Taught Spanish in three third forms at the convent. Oh my goodness! And I taught history in a third form, but for one month. 
I don't know what to say. <laughs> um, I don't know. Um, I'm going to tell you, it was, oh gosh, teaching history was the worst experiences in my life. I did, I did history in fourth form and dropped it. Mm -hmm. I really you dropped it. history and you went teaching history? Yeah, because they wanted a teacher who could Ooh. do Sp Spanish and chemistry. And they slide in history because they recognized I did history. Yeah. And what about Spanish? Did you do Spanish? I did Spanish up to no, that's another joke. I did Jesus, Spanish up. I did, Sp I did Spanish up to fifth form. <laughs> Wasn't my strongest at the time for lots of reasons. <laughs> I didn't put a lot of effort into it, and God knows how I passed it. Barely did at O level. And then they asked me, and I didn't know Spanish for two years in my at sixth form to go and teach third form girls. It was the most horrendous experience ever. <laughs> Quite a few of them dropped it when they went to four form. Oh. <laughs> but how can you be sent anyway? We're not even going to go down that road to teach history and Spanish, two subjects that you didn't care much about, clearly. Absolutely not. Oh, my goodness. I hope the people's children at least passed boy i don't know you don't know I, I know quite a few of them dropped it at the end of third form because you made the children dislike the subject i kind of said made them like it fuck <laughs> you're funny um so you taught within that gap year while you were trying to figure out yourself i don't want to say figure out i didn't i had to apply for to to do medicine so i, I took that year to apply okay um i taught and I also did another O-level during that time. So, yeah. Okay. And I played cricket. And you continued to play yeah, cricket? Yeah, I played cricket. And I, that year, I made the under-19 youth team again. And I taught Grenada in that year. I was the vice-captain to Darwin Talimac that year in Grenada. Okay. Yeah. But you were pretty young, though. 18, um, 18, 19, yeah. Yes, being exposed to teaching, you know, at, at high school. Also an all-girls school. What was that part like? Um... Had a few challenges, yeah. um, being a young man mm -hmm. and the girls looking up to me mm -hmm. and, and stuff. Um, a, 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 a interesting story, I had to run, a young girl made a first form, I think, and it made me run to Malivi because I think she was coming on to me mm -hmm. I was in the lab and telling me some funny things. A like, first former. And I ran to, I had to run to Malivi. <laughs> <'cause> it, <laughs> it was funny, but yes, I, I'll never forget it. You won't forget that. No, no. Um, there's another one who followed me, followed me to Point Michelle. I'm serious. When you say followed you, she took a bus? Yeah. And followed come yeah. to come look for you. Yeah. What did you do this time? What can't you do? You tell him what you're doing here. You have to go, go about your business. Yeah. Oh my goodness! I even feel sorry for you, <laughs> even if it's long gone. That is just incredible. But again, that would have been expected at your age, eighteen, nineteen, as an all-girls school. Yeah, that would have been a problem. Yeah, maybe it is. I think maybe. One should have been um, on onboarded, and maybe yeah. one should have been, you know, counselled with regards to mm -hmm. the issues to expect mm -hmm. as a young person, as a young man, and stuff. Uh, too many things are left for experience. Mm -hmm. Too many things are left unsaid. So maybe now, if I were to go to, if I were a principal mm -hmm. and a young person is coming in, having to teach people in similar age groups, I'll mm -hmm. say, listen, here's what to expect. Mm -hmm. Here's what you should do. Here's what you should not do. You know, 
here's what you should report and how you should report. Yes. It, it, it makes for easier transition, easier management, I, I think. I hope, I hope some, some changes or improvements have been made um, since your short stint at the, um, at the convent high school. So you applied for medicine um, because you figured engineering, you may not find work with engineering and you had to choose something and you chose medicine. So walk us through the process of choosing medicine and what that experience would entail at UE. Yeah, so, well, you didn't need biology to enter, but (laughs) I'll tell someone that, and but now biology is a a requisite subject and it it makes sense so coming from a mathematics chemistry physics background no biology you know it was a new world you know um going into into medicine thank god and i always have to say thank god for him i'm a doctor today Um, one of my very very good friends at high school we went i met him in first first form well, we call him Addison Jolly, but we always know him as Peter Addison Jolly. Mm-hmm. Uh, very good, close mate of mine from St. Mary's Academy. We entered medical school together. We roomed together. And he did biology at A-level. So he pulled me through the first Aww. couple of years. Um, so thanks, thanks to him. You know, we made sure we studied together. We did what we have to do together. You know, revised together. You know, and... After a while, you get the hang of it. Mm-hmm. Um, make sure you know you're in the top 20% of the class. Mm-hmm. 100, 110 people. Make sure you're in the top 20% of the class. So you know you get through. So that support of Addison was pretty critical um, to you getting through, getting by at UE. Yeah, because in the first couple of years, I just really think I enjoyed it. You know, most of the other guys, people I went to school with, wanted to be doctors. Mm-hmm. I was I was doing medicine because of like, she's I don't want to do something else. Mm-hmm. You know, but then I finally got to enjoy it. It okay. was my maybe it was my fourth and final year. Mm-hmm. So so the first four four years uh, involves what? Right. So the first three years are mainly preclinical. Well, the first two years for sure preclinical subjects like anatomy, physiology, biochemistry, so not really dealing with people, so to speak. Then you start your clinical year in your third year when you start seeing people, start seeing patients. Mm -hmm. Your fourth and fifth year are more clinical years. Mm -hmm. So the harder years definitely would be the first three years where there's a lot of book work, you know, underlying stuff you need to know before seeing patients. I did my first three years in Jamaica at Mona. Then my final two years I did in Barbados. Okay. Yeah. So my final two clinical years I did in Barbados. So we hear about, you know, someone being a doctor and then you feel that, you know, um, someone with a certain level of intellect, someone who is bright, someone who is intelligent, someone who is able to retain information and so on, that there is a certain um, type of person with a certain level of intellect who studies to become a doctor. Would you say that is correct? And, and was it difficult or was it not so difficult for you? 
um, forgetting the biology aspect, but overall, you know, how would you sum up that experience? Yeah, well, um, the volume is a lot, mm-hmm. and you, and a lot of it is retaining. Mm-hmm. So you have to deal with volume plus retention. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is repetition. So if someone says the sky is blue, you just have to remember the sky <laughs> is blue. You know, there's nothing intricate about about that. There's some applied stuff. So if, if, if your chemistry, your physics is not up to par, then you're going to have trouble with applied aspects of medicine. So yes, you're going to have a, you're going to have a certain, you should have a certain level of understanding, a certain mm-hmm. level of intellect, yeah, with a strong science background mm-hmm. to get through. Mm-hmm. You know, barring the volume and, and memory part of it. And I suspect commitment um, discipline, like you mentioned earlier on? Yeah, you, you can't get away with, with, with discipline. You're not disciplined, you're not going to get through because the, the, the work never stops. I, I always remember the first, I can't remember, the, let's say the first, let me say the first two days, or we did something called histology, just looking at cells. I remember going to the book to see what we did. It was 73 pages. Who does 73 pages in wow. two days? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you have to make sure you know the 73 pages. I, I'll never forget that walking down and say, let me see what you did the last couple of days. Yeah, so volume, you know, and if you're not a customer doing a lot of work and being disciplined, mm-hmm. you know, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. With me, it was a problem because I didn't do a lot of memory work. So my mathematics, physics, and chemistry wasn't really based on a lot of memory. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I really had to get disciplined with regards to how do I repeat stuff enough so I remember, you know, where the eyes is, you know, where the, where the nose is, where the mouth is. You know, I'm being facetious, but yeah, mm-hmm. you have to, there's certain things you just have to remember. Did you have to employ any uh, specific strategy? Yeah, so in medicine, you know, yeah, there's so many strategies people utilize to remember certain things, um, you know, call it mnemonics or whatever they call it, mm-hmm. you know, they, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely you have to, you know, do different strategies, mm-hmm. you know, to, 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 to remember where certain things mm-hmm. are, you know, the names of certain things, structures of the bodies and stuff, you, you, you definitely have to, to make it easier. At the end of the, the four years, you said it is? So medicine is five years. Five years. Mm-hmm. Three years preclinical, two years clinical. Okay. So at the end of the five years, what are you? So you get a, you get your, you become a doctor. You have a, a medical degree, uh, MBBS, mm-hmm. mass, uh, ma- uh, bachelor's of medicine, bachelor's of surgery, and you're entitled to do an internship. Okay. So I did my internship in Barbados as well, and that internship then was eighteen months. Eighteen months. Yeah. Now it's a year, okay. but then it was eighteen months. So I did eighteen months internship. You know, you you rotate through certain specialties in medicine, surgery, pediatrics, obstetrics, and gynecology. You could do community health, where you could have gone out, gone to a, a polyclinic or outpatient clinic, uh, and you could have done three months accident and emergency. I, I did six months accident and emergency. And that internship is a must. It must be done. Yes. So you must do it before you can go out there and practice on your own mm-hmm. or maybe even start postgraduate work. Mm-hmm. So once that done, once, one, once that is done, you complete your internship, then you can practice. Yeah. You can go and open your shingle, as they say. You can open your own spots yes. or you can work, I guess, 
yeah. public hospitals or whatever Absolutely. the case is. What did you do? Right. So that's an interesting part as well because I was in connection with the, the chief medical officer at the time, Mr. Shillingford, I think Dorian Shillingford. He was always asking, Doc, what are you doing? Are you coming back home and stuff? Then I tell him, oh, okay, after my internship, I'll see what I want to do. And then two of my colleagues, good friends, if I call them colleagues, we were very good <laughs> friends. They were older class, well, older colleagues than mine. Um, they were class ahead of mine. They decided to do obstetrics and gynecology. Yeah. Okay. But we used to hang out together and stuff. One from St. Kitts, uh, Dr. Derek Jeffers. One from Barbados, Dr. Garth McIntyre, who has Dominican roots. They were ahead of me, and then they did the part one of the obstetric exam, the, 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 the English exam, the Royal College of Obstetricians and Gynecology exams. They passed it. Then they said, you know something? Here's a book. You can pass that too. Just like that? Yeah. And, but before doing that, I had to do, you had to do an elective year where you could do anything in medicine before joining obstetrics. So I did a year of accident and emergency. Okay. You, went, you, you chose that? Yeah. You enjoyed the six months you were there? I enjoyed the six months. Okay. I enjoyed the experience. I mean, uh, that's where you see all... You see everything. Yes. So it's all-encompassing. You, you, learn, you learn quickly. You learn everything, all aspects of medicine. You are the first, first responder. Uh, to emergencies so yeah I did that and then I decided okay I will give obstetrics and gynecology a go and that is how that happened and that is how it happened yes I always give I always give my interns well I'm the head of I'm head of department for obstetrics and gynecology at the Queen Elizabeth Hospital in Barbados so every three months I meet new interns and every three months I ask, who wants to do obstetrics and gynecology? And most of them I say, no, they don't. And I give them my story. And I say, listen, when I was an intern, I, I told the senior resident every reason why I will not come back to obstetrics and gynecology. You know, and I said, there them, you are. I give them a litany of reasons what's what, what women complain of yes. and why I won't do obstetrics <laughs> and gynecology. And I tell them, oh gosh, see where I am. Many months later, talking to you as head of the department, so never say never. I want to ask you some of those reasons that you gave them back. No, it was just funny. I just said, uh, either the only thing you all see is if a woman is bleeding, she doesn't want to bleed. If she's not bleeding, she wants <laughs> to bleed. Weird. If she's pregnant, she doesn't want to be pregnant. If she's not pregnant, she wants to get pregnant. And I just went on and on like that. Oh you my know. Goodness. I was just being funny at the time. Of course. And yeah, he must be laughing at me now. I'm sure, I'm sure. Help us understand what's obstetrics and gynecology. Okay, so obstetrics just has to do with the pregnant mother and child. Mm -hmm. Yeah from pregnancy, from conception to, to birth. And even after birth, because we see the mother at least up to six weeks after, that's what obstetrics is. Gynecology has to do with any issues with the female reproductive system. Can you do one and not the other, or should they? Okay, so in training, you'll do both, mm -hmm. yeah. But afterwards, you could very well do obstetrics only mm -hmm. and see pregnant ladies 
or you could very well do gynecology because there are very much subspecialist areas mm -hmm. in those areas. Mm -hmm. So there are people who just do obstetric medicine mm -hmm. and that just they don't have, they don't see any medical problem obstetric people have. There are people who do maternal fetal specialists who see who intricate problems with pregnant mothers. You could specialize in urogynecology, which has to do with uh, the urinary part of you know, the female reproductive system, uh, related to the female reproductive system. You could do gynecology, which has to do with cancers of the reproductive system. Yeah. You could do infertility yeah, for people who have difficulty you know, getting pregnant. And there are people now who are doing adolescent and pediatric gynecology that's for children and teenagers who have gynecological issues. Mm -hmm. So yes, you can do one and not the other. There are people, as they get older, they, they, they move away from obstetrics because they don't want to be getting out to dealing, delivering babies at night and so on and so forth. It just could be very taxing. So they just do gynecology only, which is something could just be a little easier. Mm -hmm. you, you, gave, you gave us quite a list um, of the various options, but you decided to stick with these two. Any particular reason? So I'm really a generalist in obstetrics and gynecology. Um, if I had a, 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 an inkling or choice, I would, I would have done maternal fetal medicine. If you had a choice, I'd do maternal fetal medicine. Uh, okay. Um, as a subspeciality. Uh, as, okay. All as right. a subspeciality. Okay. But so you couldn't have? I could if I wanted to go back and do some more uh, fellowship work studying, yeah. Okay. I'm just going to take a quick break um, for a moment and then we're going to come right back with. Uh, Dr. Lafon, keep it locked. In the spotlight on Q95 FM radio, every Monday night from 8 p.m. In the spotlight, featuring people from all walks of Dominican life, spotlighting their triumphs and tragedies, dreams, hopes, and aspirations, untold stories, touching the human and personal side of our people in politics, religion, sports, business, music, culture, the media, and more. Getting to know our farmers, public servants, youth, the ordinary Dominican. Listen to their stories. No limitations, no restrictions, no holds barred. In the spotlight, we'll also spotlight interesting topics, issues, and relevant situations. Don't miss in the spotlight on Q95 FM radio every Monday night from 8 p.m. One-on-one -on -one with interesting personalities, educational and informative topics and issues, intriguing and entertaining, a must-listen to in the spotlight, Monday nights from 8 p.m. on Q95.
tonight in the Spotlight Radio Show here with Dr. Geoffrey Lafour. Just a little note there from our folks at, at the Great Old House, just reminding us um, to get our dinner. So I hope Doc, you know, can get some um, dinner tonight when he goes home. He can relax and, and reflect on what a wonderful program that we had because we're having quite a wonderful program, um, Doc. So before our just tiny distraction, you were saying that um, if you had the opportunity, you would have done... Uh, maternal fetal medicine really delves into uh, its obstetrics mainly, looking at any issues uh, the, the mother or baby may have. Yeah, obstetricians do that, but maternal fetal people do therapy as well. So, um, do ultrasounds, looking for fetal anomalies, you know, do biopsies, you know, to, to look for any underlying genetic issues with babies and stuff. So it's, it's more it's more intricate mm -hmm. um, obstetrics. And you're saying you would have had to go back to school. What I didn't ask earlier on mm -hmm. as well was um, when your good old friends, older friends, told you that um, you can go past the, um, the exams, how long was that process? Okay, so there's a part one exam and a part two, and you have to go to the United Kingdom at a time to do it. So I did my first year, two years in, in Barbados, okay. um, specializing. So you work in a particular area. Okay. Then I did another, before doing my exam, I think I did another year in England. So I went to the UK, mm -hmm. did another year before doing my second part. So yeah, so it, it takes at least, it took, then it took at least three, three, well, with an elective year, four years. So that's, an, that's a total of eight. You mean, you're, you're talking about studying in total? Yeah, from, is that a total from, of eight for, years? For your first degree? Yes, for the first degree. Yeah, you and know, then five, then internship. Oh, five, so that's nine. You could say nine. Ten, yeah. almost. Almost, yeah. if you want to be a specialist, yes. Yeah. But being a specialist, you're working in, in an area. That's okay. what it is, okay. doing exams as well. Mm -hmm. Was it worth it, Doc, doing all of it? It is. Um, you enjoy what you do. If you enjoy what you do, yes. You enjoy getting people better, seeing them happy, seeing them come out with a uh, happy bouncing baby or babies. Yeah, um, happy fathers as well. Uh, relieving women of their issues, whether they have heavy bleeding or no bleeding or trying to get pregnant and they, they've gotten pregnant. Absolutely. So at the end of the day, you know, you're, 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 you're happy to make people better. And that's what it's, it's that, all about and that's for what, you. And that's what it's all Especially about. Especially bringing new life into that the world. That part of it as well, yes. Yes. So, so you ended up in Barbados. Um, you decided to stay there. Uh, talk us through. Yeah. Okay. Um, that, could you that, could you get to work here? That's very no. I could, and that's a very interesting aspect of my life. Mm -hmm. um, so I got back to Barbados maybe late ninety eight. The plan was to come back to Dominica. There was a job waiting for me in Dominica because Doctor Sorrento was just retired or retiring. I'd gotten married a couple of years prior uh, coming. Um, going to to finish off in England. So as we came back from England, we said, all right, we'll spend a couple of years in Barbados. I'll get more experience before coming to Dominica because I know coming to Dominica, you're going to be the, the beat be and end all. You know, you don't have people, you know, you're going to lean on. And then you have one child. That's my son, Joshua. <laughs> 
And you say, all right, okay, good. And before you blink again, you have a second child 18 months later, you must like, gosh, he's, he's a gynecologist. He should know better, use contraception, right? No, two children in two, <laughs> two children in about two years. <laughs> and, and then there were certain economic upheavals in Dominica at the time, and I had some very good friends. I know one of them is listening <laughs> right now. And he said, boy, you really want to come back and raise mm. your children in Dominica, and things getting bad. Had a few discussions with a couple of close friends. And then opportunities arose in Barbados uh, for my wife then and for myself. Mm -hmm. And it was like, all right, I could become a consultant in Barbados. Uh, she's a partner of a law firm, you know, and I decided, oh, that boy, sounds good. It's a hard decision, <laughs> you know, um, considering the, 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 the economic climate at the time. And I decided, all right, I will stay put. And that's where I've been since I came back from postgraduate work. And but, that was how long ago, Doc? I might tell you my age if I, <laughs> if I say so. Uh, but yeah, that's about 20-something years ago. Wow. Mm. But you still call Dominica home all the same amount? Absolutely. I'm here for sure. For sure, you could find me here twice a year. Okay. Um, Carnival and Creole Festival. <laughs> I'm just whispering that up. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, but I, I come in between sometimes. Okay. Dominica is home to me. Dominica is very close to my heart. I still follow everything that goes on in, in Dominica very closely. Um, family here, very close friends here. And I have quite a few Dominican patients who fly to Barbados to see me, I will say. I'm registered in Dominica now. Um, that happened after Hurricane Maria. Okay. where I volunteered my services awesome. to, to, the, to the hospital to give you know, the doctors a break from being on call. Mm -hmm. So I, I did that. So I, I got registered then after Maria. So that means you can practice in Dominica? That means I could practice in Dominica. Okay. Not something I, I advertise at all <laughs> uh, before I get flooded. Uh, but no, I do, I, I do see one or two people. I have seen one or two people in Dominica. Okay. But... The most times my Dominican patients come to, to Barbados to see me. They fly yeah. to Barbados to yeah. see you. Right? But yeah, Dominica is home. I've been the president of the Dominica Association of Barbados, uh, an association, you know, that it's a social organization as well for Dominicans living in Barbados. And and it's it's, it's also a sort of an outreach organization. We help students, we help and other Dominicans who are maybe having a hard time. So, yeah, so I'm very much Dominican. So just going through some information here. So you are a graduate of the University of the West Indies mm -hmm. in medicine, and you've completed postgraduate studies in obstetrics and gynecology. We've established that already. Uh, you are a fellow of the Royal College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists. Tell me what that means. Yeah, so when you pass the exam, mm -hmm. You become a member of the Royal College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, so you mm -hmm. can call yourself a gynecologist. After approximately 10 years in the field, yeah, mm -hmm. you may apply to become what you call a fellow, where they, where, where, they, where they believe you have now mastered the art of the science of obstetrics and gynecology. So you're elevated to a fellow of the college. 
Mm-hmm. And the same applies for the American College of Obstetricians. Yeah, so I'm a fellow of the American College as well, but it, the Americans do it differently. So okay. you, you don't have a membership of the American College. Okay. Once once you have passed a postgrad, they make you a fellow. Okay. But the British elevate you from a member to a fellow. Okay. And you did mention as well, which is very important, you are presently the consultant obstetrician and gynecologist in both private and public practice in Barbados. Yeah, so I work at the, the main public hospital, that's the Queen Elizabeth Hospital, for which I'm the head of department. That's my second stint as the head of department um, and in that department. And I also have a private practice okay. in Barbados as well. So I guess that's where your Dominican clients come to see you. Most times, yes. How does it work? You work a certain shift, or yeah, how does so, it work? So, how does your office, your private so, office, so, work? Right. So, as a consultant, you you have to give at least at least twenty one hours to the hospital per okay. 20, 20 hours a week. I think. Yes. Yes. yes a week. Yeah. <laughs> we we work a normal forty hour week, doc. So, so I guess yeah, so what so, half of that. But not. It, but that's scheduled time because on call, on call, you know adds in a varying varying amounts of time um to those 21 hours so you do you you may do a clinic or two you do a theater you do ward rounds you do teaching in during those times okay and you schedule your private practice you know around that around that yeah. yeah okay um you are also the president of the barbados association you big time doc of obstetricians and gynecologists. Yeah, it's a fledging, fledgling <laughs> organization which came about after COVID, especially after okay. COVID. Okay. And in our inaugural uh, AGM, I was elected the president of that associ- of, of that association. Okay. Hmm. Director of Caribbean Gynecological Endoscopy Services. Right. So that's a, a private. Um, uh, practice, uh, organize, well, I don't call it organization, company, where we do keyhole surgery. So instead of having big cuts to get your fibroids out or getting your womb out, mm-hmm. you know, for people who need them out, we could do it via keyhole surgery. So I've partnered with two other doctors for which we offer those services. So that's a private enterprise where we do keyhole, keyhole gynecological surgery for women wanting keyhole surgery. Okay, so so you you seem to be quite grounded in Barbados, though. Um, I suspect after twenty something years, <laughs> we'd be very lucky if we get you to come back home. Um, I'm always willing to come back home. Um, I, I I always say every every day I spend in Barbados is a day closer to getting back to Dominica. Mm-hmm. So I'm always willing. You're happy. always willing. Yeah. Doc, what has this, uh, you know, entire experience of um, educating yourself through to becoming an obstetrician gynecologist? Um, what has the experience been like? And if someone is out there listening to the program tonight and saying, um, you know, I'm considering going in that direction, um, even if it's just starting with the initial degree, uh, the, your experience through this, what would you advise 
um, someone who is having the thoughts of following the direction of initially a doctor and maybe further into your field? Well, not necessarily. And I wouldn't, well, I wouldn't limit it to being a doctor. I always say you, you have to have a goal. You have to have a goal. Yeah. You have to know where you, what you want and how you're going to achieve it and, and set your sights on achieving it. So it's medicine is just one. You could be an engineer. You could be a lawyer. You could be an accountant. You could be a chef. You know, you could be a carpenter. But you have to have a goal. You have to know what you want. And, 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 and understand the industry you want to get into. Uh, network is one thing I find young people to do much nowadays is network. Being able to talk to people in, in, the, in the industry uh, with regards to how they got there. Okay, Discipline. Um, finding out what is necessary in terms of getting to where you want to get, whether you have to go to school, whether you have to go on online, mm -hmm. whether you have to buy books. Yeah, so um, all these play a, play a part. Um, for me, uh, I, I wanted to do medicine because I didn't want to do anything else. So I, I applied, got into medicine, you know. Then when I decided going to do to to specialize, you know, I I had to network to get into the department at the time. I had to network to get to get to a job in England at the time, yeah. And then you had to have the discipline, you know, to to work, you know, towards um, to gaining my to ensuring my goals. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to go to the comments on our Facebook Live, and if you would like to pose any questions there um, to Doc, you know, I can definitely um, pass those on to him. So, Doc, one of the questions, well, someone says here, from personal experience, Dr. Lafon is always willing to provide sound advice, and the person says, mucho thanks to you, Doc. Um, an interesting question that I see that has um, shown its face is... Doctor, do you have any political aspirations? That's always a funny question. It's always a funny question. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you laughed. You chuckled a bit on it. Um, I don't have political aspirations. But if someone asks me, are you interested in politics? The answer to that is yes. I like yeah. that. So um, you do not have political aspirations. You're a doctor. That's what you care about for now in yeah. terms of what you do. Yeah. But you're saying if you have an interest in politics. In politics. Absolutely. Um, and what? Yes, go on. And, I, I, I don't give you a funny, well, it can't be a funny story, <laughs> not really a story. I always tell my friends and I always tell people that if you're brighter people, okay, don't run your country, then the more foolish ones will. So that's where my interest in politics always is. Say that again, uh, Doc. Repeat if you're brighter people, don't run your country. If more, you're brighter people, don't run your country. Yeah. The more foolish ones. The more foolish ones will. will. Aha. Uh -huh. And I had an interesting conversation with a friend of mine, uh, 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 not just a, a friend, but a, a co-founder of mine, and we were talking about that recently. And she said, but do you know Plato said that, many Greek, the Greek author Plato, you know, and, it, it, and, and I'm going to quote Plato, one of the penalties of refusing to participate in politics is that you end up being governed by your inferiors. And that is clear. Yeah. And so, so when people ask me, are you interested in politics? 
I have political aspirations. I don't have political aspirations, but I'm interested in politics. Interested in politics in your country or in even in Barbados? I'm interested in politics everywhere. Everywhere. I'm, I'm even more so in Dominica, mm -hmm. and because I'm from Dominica. So, so, Doc, let me ask you. Explain to me, when you speak about being interested in politics, break it down for me as to what exactly do you mean? Are you referring to running for political office? Are you... Break it down for me, Doc. Okay, I I, I live in Barbados, so in I'm, Barbados. I'm interested in what's happening in Barbados mm -hmm. because I live there and it affects me whether mm -hmm. I pay more taxes, you know, whether you know um, the, the, the 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 social programs concern me, education, health. But I also for I also live in Dominica, even mm -hmm. if I'm not there as well. So whatever happens in Dominica affects me, affects my mother, my stepmother, my aunt, you know, my, my daughter, you know, my friends as well. And affects it and it's it in, in turn affects me as well. So whatever. So yes, I'm interested in what is how my country is being governed. Whether it's governed well, not being governed well, whether the government is accountable, not accountable. And, and so on and so forth. If your question is, Dr. for if you're in Dominica, would you offer yourself for service? The answer to that is yes. Yes. Because I've always seen myself in, I've always, I shouldn't say see myself, or maybe ended up in leadership positions. Mm -hmm. Happened mm -hmm. at high school, even happened at Mona. When I was at Mona, the guy said, man, the former, you can, you can run for, for, for hall chairman or deputy hall chairman. I, I ran, I won, you know. So I've always got, gotten myself involved in leadership. Mm -hmm. So if your question is, Dr. Lafour, would you offer yourself a leadership in Dominica? Leadership? It, yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's what it can be because the leadership offering myself a service, the answer to that is absolutely yes. And, and my follow-up to that would be, if you were to do so, would it be on a ticket for any of the existing political parties or would it be as an independent candidate? Independent candidates in the region don't fare well. Okay. Yeah. And worse yet, for me who have lived outside of Dominica for over 30 years, so you have to appreciate the, the, the people between 18 and let's say 40 really do not know me. So to go as a, to come to Dominica and say, well, I'm going to be independent, no. The next question would be, would I go run on a ticket of one of the existing parties? I have issues with the the, 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 the the both primary parties in Dominica okay. at this present time okay. and being an objective person and I don't want to say I like this one more than the other mm -hmm. and that's one of my issues with Dominica and Dominicans at this point in time is either you you one or the other mm -hmm. which is which is which is which is a bit lousy you know I, I believe in accountability and I believe leadership and and representation is about improving other people okay and if i and i am of the opinion you know that we are lacking in such and i have very i have doubts i must say with both parties at this present time so if you have doubts as it relates to what we believe to be the two main political parties mm -hmm. um there are other parties um so there is the um the dominica freedom party and um there is 
I don't know if it still exists, the APP, there are other platforms, there are other political parties. Are you saying that probably you may be, since you have issues with this too, so I'm just trying to understand, is it that you may be leaning to one of the others? If You're saying it, it seems that I'm leaning to one of the others. I thought we were talking hypothetically, but <laughs> right now uh, what, I, what I'll tell you is yes. that I lived in Dominica at a time where we had the Labour Party mm -hmm. and the Freedom Party. Mm -hmm. So prior to leaving to study, you know, uh, the Freedom Party would have been the, the party in governing Dominica. Mm -hmm. And Dominica was a stable country. We had certain expectancies. The Prime Minister, Prime Minister Eugenia Charles, who was very much a world leader, not just a Dominica leader. She was a world leader. Um, she was well respected. Um, we, 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 I, I don't want to say we got complacent with, with, with accountability with Eugenia Charles. Um, we very much um, uh, adored her living at her home. We very much adored her not sending her salary to the, 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 the not, they don't call it the student loan fund, but the, the, the education trust fund and, and such, because she figured she had enough she had her finances. She could very well, you know, uh, supplement, you know, others, you know, use, utilize what she had for others. But that has changed, and there's no two two ways about it. We can't bury our head in the sand with regards to, you know, what has evolved since the Eugenia Child's era. Okay, that we all we are concerned about our accountability. We are we're concerned about. That we're, we're not, that Dominica, Dominicans have to ask themselves, are they better off now than they were 20, 30 years ago when the Freedom Party was in power? So it's not about me saying, okay, one or the other, join the Freedom Party or APP, is, is more about, you know, what sort of leadership Dominicans would want, okay? All right, and what because it's not about me, it's about you know what the people want for themselves. Okay, um, so if Dr. Lafon actually lived in Dominica um, or decided to give up living in Barbados and return home to participate in active politics, which political party would Dr. Lafon? Join. I would not leave Barbados to to, to to return home to 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 just join active politics. That 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 would be a killer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, as I said, I've been out of Dominica for thirty years. Mm -hmm. So if I were to come back to Dominica, it, it I'd definitely be to 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 serve. To serve. Yeah, definitely be to serve. And if I'm wanted uh, to be part of active politics, mm -hmm. then definitely I will. I will. I will be swayed to. So, to so doing explain it. to us, Doc, the difference between being it, involved in active politics and coming to serve. Yeah, we, you see, coming, to, living in Barbados to come to be to be part of active politics mm -hmm. is, is me imposing myself. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If I come back to Dominica to work as a doctor, mm -hmm. yeah, to be part of the Dominica Cricket Association, Dominica Football Association, yeah, to to uh, to to assist with the the community college in terms of career day and 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 stuff, I'm serving people. I see. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. as opposed to say I'm coming back, I'm joining, you know, this party, this or party, that party, vote for me. Yes. Who are you? Upada sir. No. <laughs> okay. No. Okay. So I understand. And maybe that's what we need more of. Yeah. People who are servants of the people. Mm-hmm. You know, people who are grassroots people. You know, people who will who, who look to make life better for people as opposed to people who want to impose themselves on people mm-hmm. with regards to a representation. No, I don't no, believe in that. No, no, you don't believe in that. Okay, uh, we still didn't get to zero in on the party preference um, of choice for Dr. Lafour in terms of, you know, if Dr. Lafour were to say this is the do you vote? Do you come home to vote? No. You're, you've not come home to vote and in a I, while? And I, my, I don't call it a philosophical reason. One, when I left, I wasn't registered, and I've never, I've never tried to make myself, <laughs> I've never tried to register to vote. And the other reason is I live outside Dominica, mm-hmm. and I've been living outside Dominica for a while, mm-hmm. and I'd really rather Dominicans living in Dominica make that choice of who they want to represent them, quite frankly. And that's a long and short story about mm. voting in Dominica. All right. 10.12 is the time in the studios here um, at Q95. Good evening to those of you who are joining us live on our Facebook. We're actually, as I said, on my Facebook um, page tonight and not the In the Spotlight Facebook page, just error. I don't know, I think COVID had some kind of impact on me, you know, that sometimes, you know, things just go a little haywire. But that's all good. Dr. Geoffrey Lafour is in the studios. Doc, let's go back a little bit to gynecology. Um, so at one point, though, do you see yourself probably returning home and, and making Dominica home again and practicing in Dominica? I would love to. You would love to. What is preventing you from doing it now? Um, nothing is preventing me. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I'll have to have a, get a job and, and mm-hmm. everything else. But once... You can open the, your the, own practice. The, the older you are, <laughs> uh, the more you get into financial commitments. Mm-hmm. So I have certain business commitments which mm-hmm. I have to see about and meet first before okay. just jumping that ship. Okay. Uh, maybe in the next five years we may, re- may we may consider be you, before that? You never know. You never know. Yeah. All right. So, Doc, in terms of, let us just talk a little bit about um, the job that you do for people like me. Um, what is a typical day like um, for a doctor, a gynecologist, um, private practice possibly because you don't do much of it at the hospital per se? Um, well, it just depends on what day. So in my, okay. pra- so in my private practice, I, I start appointments at 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock? Yeah. What is a typical day like um, for you and what do we come in to complain about? Myriad of complaints, whether you're, you're, you're pregnant and mm-hmm. for antenatal care. Mm-hmm. Um, women with heavy menstrual bleeding, fibroids, women who are trying to get pregnant, women who have irregular periods, uh, women who have infertility issues, trying to get pregnant but cannot get pregnant, um, pelvic pain, vaginal discharges, etc. Etc. Yeah. And you do not, you do not have a, there is not a challenge of women um, being concerned that I mean, I don't think that's an, a thing anymore in terms of a doctor, gynecologist being a male and not necessarily a female. No, women are, are quite used to it yes. because 
a majority of gynecologists happen to be male. Um, it just happened to be that way. Uh, it's a challenging field for females, especially because of the time, especially if you want to have a family or keep a family. Uh, the times could be onerous, you know, heading out to do deliveries in the middle of the night, anytime. So um, that could be challenging because babies come at any time. Mm -hmm. And for mm -hmm. some reason, they come, you know, between midnight and <laughs> five o'clock in the morning. But yeah, um, with regards to the public hospital, there's a, a day for clinics. So I do a, a morning clinic in obstetrics. So you see pregnant women afternoon for any gynecological issues for women who are in public care. I do have, because I do have, I don't want to say administrative day, but the day where we do teachings and meetings. So that's a, invariably a Wednesday. And I could take, could be an hour, two, three hours. You have to do ward rounds and you do teaching ward rounds as well. So you teach medical students, you teach postgraduate students, you know, going around patients. Uh, that could that could take anywhere between an hour, two hours, three hours sometimes, depending on the level of teaching you're doing. Mm -hmm. uh, there are theater days where you operate. And theater days start at 8 o'clock in the morning. And what type of operations do? Um, cesarean sections, women who want hysterectomies mm -hmm. because of any gynecological issue, cancer, mm -hmm. uh, fibroids. You could do myomectomies where we remove fibroids but retain the womb. Um, tubal ligations, ovarian cystectomies, um, taking, out, taking out cysts in the ovaries, taking out ovaries alone. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, there are a myriad of... So you do all of that? You do all of that, yeah. You do all of that. And the women, older women who have vaginal prolapse, where the, 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 the womb is coming out through the vagina. So we do repairs uh, and the vaginal hysterectomies as well. So a myriad of stuff. Um, Tell us about one of the most challenging experiences that you've had, um, whether it be in surgery, whether it be um, during birth. Uh, do any pop-up? Boy, um, a few could. Um, surgery, uh, maybe most recent, seeing a, a woman who had a, uh, what we had to convert from having fibroids removed to a hysterectomy. And, uh, uh, but it was a more anesthetic issue where her heart stopped and they had to do uh, resuscitation. So because of that, I had to change from removing fibroids to doing a hysterectomy, <coughs> seeing her get better a few days later. Seeing a baby get stuck, what they call a shoulder dystocia, that is a obstetric emergency. And because I'm a consultant, I'm not usually at the hospital most of the time. Mm -hmm. So having, having that emergency called out to you at mm -hmm. home, and you have to try to get to the hospital ASAP, because if you get there within four minutes, uh, the baby is not out within four minutes. You know the degree of 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 issues the baby has or gets increases neurological issues, even death. So have had one or two where they call you for. Uh, but maybe the most challenging one that comes to me now is on a Saturday, one Saturday on the road, and I was called because a lady collapsed in the labor ward, and her heart stopped beating. 
and she was she was pregnant. It happens. Obstetric. Ready to almost have birth. Well, she give was birth, al- sorry. she was almost ready to give birth. Uh-huh. She was not even in labor, but I think she was hypertensive okay. and her heart stopped beating, so she went to cardiac arrest. So they called me and I told them, "Listen, get a get a scalpel." And cut her tummy open and get the baby out, and that should help the problem. So I drove. As my son was with me that oh day, I, I had to drop him off to his mother on the side of the road. I said, Listen, <laughs> oh I have goodness. to go. And got to the hospital, I ran up the stairs, and they still hadn't done what I told them to do. Uh, but it's an emergency. If you yeah. don't get the baby out within mm-hmm. a few seconds, mm-hmm. then the mother will die as well. Wow. So I just use some a few why took. hadn't they done what instructions you because gave they wanted to get the field as sterile as possible and 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 make it as as what they expected as possible as a as a theater but we couldn't wait for that okay. so i had to use a few choice words get, <laughs> get a scalpel yeah and in one swipe of my hand one you know get the baby out then as soon as the baby got came out, her heart started beating. You were right. Yeah, but that's that. But that was the the the, the was a close call. The treatment for the, the issue she had. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the baby died a few days later, okay. but the mother survived. They but at the end of the day, that's what we aim for, yeah. you know. So that's maybe thinking about it. One of the most challenging experiences I've had. Tell us about one that put a big smile on your face. Oh gosh, I don't know if I need to put a big smile twins, on my face. Delivering twins, triplets. Did you have you had that? Yeah, um, so it's <laughs> part of course. Uh, we have done a, a few triplets, oh uh, twins, a few twins. Yeah, um, but any any time you do a delivery and you can see a happy mother, mm-hmm. father, and a crying baby, always puts a smile on your face. Okay, and I see a little smile come up there. So I have a, a note there from someone. Um, who, who sort of um, gives us some kudos for a great program. And then he says, Dr. Lafoy is a great ambassador, helping Dominicans in so many ways who come to Barbados. Well, I need to start looking out for Doc when I go to Barbados. A real nice guy who I can call a genuine friend. And I'm going to tell you who that friend is. It's Mr. Billy Doctrove. You did mention his name um, a bit earlier on. Um... Did you ever get an offer to come back home to work prior to COVID? That's what somebody's asking. Because you said you came back after during COVID to help. No, no, I came back after, after Maria. I came back after Maria. Maria sorry, yeah, I came back after. So Maria. they're asking, did you ever get an offer to come back home to work prior to COVID? No, no, um, no offer. Uh, asking about politics, if he was, if he was, or you still interested? Yes, he is. He's still interested. He answered that. Doc, where, would, where do we go from here um, in terms of your future, um, whether it be staying in Barbados, coming back to Dominica? Are you writing a book? You know, um, what is up? What is up for the future? Um, immediate future, um, no major plans, okay. um, quite frankly. Um, at present, you know, my... Our house in Mont Daniel was damaged, so that has been rendered. Well, a new house has been built right now. A so, new one. <laughs> so, so that that that's immediate future. 
Um, I'm still playing my cricket, so that mm-hmm. is immediate mm-hmm. future. Um, a book. Our friends will say, um, Jeff, you should write a book. You know, I think you should. I think for, you have the story for a book. For different reasons, they, they asked me to write a book. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Um, politics. I know people talk about politics. Yeah. As I said, I, I they seem I to am, be very interested in you and politics. I, I am, and I have a few listeners, you know, who who, who like me to come back and, <laughs> and take part in politics. But as I said, uh, I have to be asked. Yeah, you know, and mm-hmm. it's not about me imposing myself, mm-hmm. but it's people asking me, you know, to do certain things. But I guess it depends on who asks. People, you know, Dominicans. In no matter who, Dominicans, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Dominica. I love being here. You know, I love the people of Dominica. I love the food. I love the, the, the air. I love everything about Dominica. We have shortcomings, but mm-hmm. I love the place. Mm-hmm. You know, circumstances, I'm not in Dominica, but I wouldn't say I'm, um, you know, against being, being home at all. It's always going to be home. I love it. Any lessons um, learned along the journey? Ooh, loads. What would you do again or not do again? Ah, maybe not do medicine, but that's a joke. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I've enjoyed it. Um, and I have enjoyed it, I would say. Um, I've enjoyed the people I've met along my journey. And maybe now is a good time to, to thank everyone who has been involved in my life because this is, it takes a village to raise a child. Mm-hmm. And believe me, a village raised me. Mm-hmm. And as I'm telling a, a, a good friend of mine that, you know, Ken Emmanuel up in Newtown, Ken's, the juice. Ken's Juice, yes. you know. I haven't seen him in years, but boy, I always have to say, I do want to say thank him. Yes. I played football, but they always encouraged me. All the guys around in Newton, Savannah, encouraged me. Some of them maybe never went to high school, but one thing they did was to encourage me in everything I did. Um, all my teachers, even, you might say I was a bright guy at school, right? But you have to know how many fellow students who helped me with homework <laughs> or I did not do my homework. I said, Jeffrey, here, copy it oh and stuff. You know, I had amazing um, classmates, you know, absolutely amazing mm-hmm. classmates, you know. Um, I wouldn't change them for the world. I want to tell them thank you. You know, I would like to call some of them names. Some of them are listening right now. You should. Tony Drago, I know, is listening. Naf is listening, you know. Some of them were inspiration that they didn't, and they didn't even know they, insp- they, inspired, they inspired me. And I'm also happy to have been inspiration to a, a few of them as well. One of my good friends um, just messaged me and he said, boy, you know you're inspiration to a lot of, oh. a lot of us. And I say, mm-hmm. um, that's the least I could do, mm-hmm. you know. Um, the people I played cricket with, you know, Billy Doctor, you know, called his name. I played cricket um, <laughs> with my dad and some of his friends, you know, they inspired me as well. And they encouraged me to be a, a good person, a better person. I've spoken about my family, my mother, my, my dad, you know, my uncles and aunts. They were all like mothers to me, everybody, you know. Pushed me to do well and make me a better person, you know. Um, you, you'd be amazed, um, the, the bus drivers in Point Michel. Some of them would see me walking up at night and give me a, a, a ride, you know. You know, I say, man, come, man. I always remember telling Joey Pelsey about, boy, I was just this guy named Pokito, you know. Pokito used to 
do bread and, yes, and go yes, late at night. Yes, that girl's father, and, George. And give me a give me a ride, you oh. know, in the evening coming from SM at serious? night. Are serious? Yeah. Is it I, that you stayed back to study and just? I did, st- and I used to walk up to Point Michelle, and these guys would give me a ride. Used to walk up to Point Michelle. Yeah, I'm easy. Yeah, so everyone, you know, who of wow. this, even if you give me a ride, just tell me good day, you know. Um, there's people used to listen to Know Your World, I go walking on a Sunday, it was pre recorded, and they'll be like, Boy, you know, we're listening to you, you know, and encouraging me, and I know the results already, mm-hmm. you know, it's just so, it used to be so funny. But yeah, um, I really want to say thank you, and all my teachers, you know, sixth form, you know, um, SMA convent. I saw Mrs. Detouche who taught me in third form, third grade at convent many months ago. Happy to give a hug, you know, then, mm. you know. Um, but they're all inspirational. Yes. And I'm, I'm a, a product of the village. Yes, clearly. And and you mentioned um, Mr. Emmanuel. I think while you're here, you should try to just squeeze in a minute. Just go past the savannah and just stop there. I keep saying I have Buy to a me. bottle of juice. Just today I drank some juice from his own place. Yeah. Just stop there and just say, I just came to say hello and thank you. Yeah. You should probably try because you never know. Yeah? I know. And I, it, you don't want it to be a situation where a few years down the line, something happens and you say, I, I never got to say thank you to Mr. Um, to Mr. Emmanuel. I wanted to find out as well, though, as we're getting ready to wrap up, in terms of your family, um, your immediate family, did they understand what it meant? Your children, your wife at the time, um, what your job as a doctor entailed and the odd hours and, you know, um, that kind of thing. Absolutely. Part of it. I was, uh, my, we, always, we always have jokes, my, my um, Dominic and Joshua. The number of times they've had to come to the hospital with me because I had to do a delivery. Or the number of times I had to drop them on the side of the road. Listen, man, go by your grandmother because I have to go and do a delivery. So they're part of it. They, they knew the hours. They're accustomed to it, you know, and stuff, you know missed a couple of deliveries because of them too oh. but part of the course yes part of the course i'm sure there's so many stories um you know that 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 make up this 30 years is it Doc? 30 years you, from studies you, you might very well give people my age oh my goodness <laughs> well you mentioned 30 somewhere along the line you mentioned 20 something oh my goodness i can't remember at which points you mentioned that but um but definitely um dr lafon someone like you i do hope that at some point you know you can come back home and serve some of us who probably have never experienced your um your work as a, as a doctor um as you said there are those who travel all the way to barbados maybe you know sometime coming to a meeting or something i shall probably say let me see if i can get to see um dr la for a while i'm when i'm here but many people are saying that they're very proud of you what does it mean to you to hear people say that they're typing it they're sending it to me in oh <laughs> a little emotion yeah yeah a lot of people are saying that they're pretty proud of you. So you should be pretty proud of your of yourself as well and your um, your achievements. I mean, just hearing you speak about walking home to Point Michel, you know, because you had to do your schoolwork, you had to study. Yeah. And occasionally you'd get a ride from Mr. George, Mr. Bokito, yep. and Absolutely. so on. Um, you know, but, but what, what does it feel? How does it feel to hear people say, 
that they're so very proud of you. I'm happy. Um, it's, I always say it's not about me, mm-hmm. you know, um, and that's why I try my best to to be a service to Dominicans mm-hmm. as much as possible. Um, so I'm, I'm proud that they're proud of me, I'll <laughs> tell you so. Uh, and that's why I always say anytime I get a call from Dominica, whether I know the number or not, I answer. They ask me to do something. They want a referral to another doctor. I do it as ASAP. Wow. Um, I'm not always efficient with it, but yeah, I, I try my best. <laughs> Understandably but, so. But I'm, I'm, I'm happy. Yeah. I must say I'm proud that people figure I've done well. Yes. You know. As I said, I'm a reflection of them yeah. because I'm only here because of all the people I've yeah. been in my life. Yeah. Is mommy listening, you said? Possibly. Boy, she may I'll be tell up. you, it's past a bedtime, you know. She, she, who knows? <laughs> um, I, I, I really felt that, you know, as we wrap up, that I could just ask you to just say something to your mom, you know. Tell her, tell her again. Uh, yes, she'll tell love her. it. Uh, mother, I love you. Um, oh. Thanks for not getting me where I am today but also making me a good father or a better father than I might probably have been because she had been an inspiration and a, and a great example for being involved in my life and the way she was involved in my life uh, quite frankly allowed me to have the same involvement in my children's life and I want to say thanks your final comments, Doc, as we wrap it up. Um, thanks for having me. Oh, thanks my pleasure for, so thanks much. Thanks for giving me the opportunity yes. to speak about myself in such a forum. That's something I do often. And I want to say thanks to everyone who was, who was listening to Q95 this evening. I want to say thanks to all of you for the support you have given me through my life and continue to give me support right now. Thanks. And with that, we say thank you to Dr. Geoffrey Lafon for being our guest tonight on the In the Spotlight radio show as we return to studio after a short break, airing some of our one-hour shortened TV versions of the show during my absence. Again, you know, it wasn't intentional. I had COVID and it really kept me. I was even wondering if I was able to come tonight and not be there coughing constantly uh, during the program. But I couldn't let this man um, leave (laughs) without getting him on the program tonight. So thank you again, Doc. Thank you to all those of you who listened uh, to the program, those of you who viewed. We appreciate all of you. Thank you so much. This is the In the Spotlight radio show with your host, Fadina Frampton. God willing, we'll be back next week, Monday, for another program. In fact, next week, we will be talking cancer. Um, a cancer patient, a male cancer patient, will be with us next week, Monday. Until next time, thank you so much for listening. We'll meet up again, God willing.
listening to In The Spotlight. We would love to hear from you. If you have suggestions of guests or topics and issues you would like featured on In The Spotlight, let us know. We would also welcome your feedback. Please send us an email at inthespotlight.da at gmail.com or contact us at 275-7565. In the Spotlight is aired on Q95 FM Radio every Monday night from 8 p.m. with your host, Fadina Frampton. Until next time, good night and God bless. Thank you.